Welcome to episode number three of Locker Room Talk with the three Paisans, Thomas Pipolo, Angelo Spedafino, and Ryan Aquino. In this episode, we're talking the newer and better version of the age-old debate is water wet, fantasy football, and introducing a new segment called the Stunad of the Week, along with much more. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's go. It's not our fault. Oh my god. That's such a fucking frank thing to say. (laughs) Alright, are we good? Yeah. Welcome back to the Locker Room Talk Podcast. What up? And uh it's it's getting old. We've been arguing for probably the last seventy two hours about And our group is water wet and I'm done with it. I don't care anymore. Life doesn't Angelo's matter. Angelo's talking mad scientists, no molecules, cells. I want, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson to just give us all the answers. Water's wet. It's not, but, it, I mean, it's let's, not just, wet, let's but move I, on with it. Until Neil deGrasse Tyson I have, answers the question, I, I have don't a care. new is water wet. You let's guys want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Is 12 a.m. today or tomorrow? It's tomorrow. It's not really a new is water wet. What do you mean? It's, it's today. No, 12 a.m. is tomorrow. But, tw- but like... If now was 12 a.m., it'd be today, because, like, how is okay, now, like, okay. yesterday he or mean, tomorrow? He, he means the next 12 a.m. that pops up. So it's 3 p.m. right now. At the 12 a.m. mark, that is tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's not even close. But how is it tomorrow? Because it is tomorrow. Because, like, the date will be the 31st, I believe, and that's no longer the I don't 30th. Care. I don't care what the date say. I don't care anymore. what the dictionary says. I don't care what the website say. 12 a.m. is not today. Nor tomorrow. It's shared by today and tomorrow. It's a purgatory of dates. It's yes. A, a, no. When, that, that makes yes. no sense. No. The, it's not shared. Why does the date flip then? It's just. I don't care what the date flips. I don't care if the freaking dictionary, if anybody says that so it's. So where are you getting this from? Okay. What's what's the let's, thought going okay, into yeah, it, what's your it thought? being so, a purgatory if, of if, time? If today started at 12 a.m., right? Okay. To be 24 hours, that 12 a.m. needs to be, it needs to hit 12 a.m. tonight. So you're saying that for yesterday to be a complete 24 hours, the 12 a.m. has to be included in that. Yes. So tomorrow, the 12 a.m., when it hits tonight, it has to start at that 12 a.m. So the next 12 a.m. is 24 full hours. <laughs> no, okay. So, so therefore, it is shared by both. No. So so the, either it's shared or there's not 24 hours the, in a day. The 365-year the, the day, uh, uh, year, year, so 365-day year uh, is... It's an average of each day. It's the time. So a day, a, the 360-degree rotation of Earth. Angel being a scientist. No, I'm actually yeah. on board for no, this. No, the 360-degree day rotation, it actually takes place in 23 hours, 56 minutes, and 4 seconds. So there's an extra, what is that, 3 minutes and 40? Yeah. yeah, 3 minutes and change. So because of that, the Earth's rotation a day is about 360 one degrees instead of 360 degrees and then over the full 365 day year it's an average of 24 hours so what does that mean so that means that each day technically isn't 24 hours and that's what <laughs> no it's, that's it's not that, like that's, a, that's not that that's not every the four, year four years hours. it can't be perfect like 
the, the the amount of time that it takes to do a full complete rotation of the Earth is not exactly 24 hours, but we say it is just All to I keep everything know the same is when and, this and consistent. Clock strikes 10, uh, 12 o'clock on the dot. 12, it's tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. 100%. Because it's the, the same people who determined that a day is 24 of, hours yeah. who was technically How wrong is it in the not first shared place. By both? Every four years, we have an extra day. It's called a leap year, and that's what makes up for it. And then it resets right. again. So You're just slowly building up the so leap year. So there's not 24 full hours in the day. Uh, technically speaking, no, but technically speaking, yes. <laughs> it's 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 up for debate, but it's 24 hours in a day. Then after four after four years, the end of February, I, we I have a day. I just want you guys to think about it. Think about it. I think it's a new as water. I day. have thought about it, and I disagree with you. It's not new I, as water. I as disagree what. with you as well. But uh, it's a good point because it's, it just makes you think about how the day isn't 24 hours. I think the shocking thing in all of this is that the day is actually 23 hours, 56 minutes and change. That's more shocking. I don't think the whole portal of days at 12 on the on the cock is exactly a new debate that needs to take place. Okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll go to our next topic of the day, which is uh, the student of the day. Did you guys hear about this this story in Belgium? These drug smugglers. I don't, I don't get too much Belgium news in, <laughs> yeah. in my day, but yeah. <laughs> so these two guys were uh, doing their thing, <laughs> smuggling drugs into Belgium, when they were on a cargo ship, and they they had one of those like crate like metal containers, okay, and they went in to check on their drugs, their supply, their product. And little did they know that the container cl- would close behind them and completely lock. So, not only did it lock, which is a problem in itself, it was like 110 degrees in Belgium. And they literally, I mean, if they were in it for like a long amount of time, they would they would die. So, they had a cell phone and they... They were talking to each other and were like, okay, what do we do? Like, is, well, first of all, I want to... That is before what, that I tell is you what, what we they call did, a pickle. Before I t- in the middle of the a, ocean. Could, be, could it be more of a pickle? <laughs> what would you... Before I tell you what happened, what would you do? I would uh, start off by not smuggling drugs into Belgium for, for yeah, starters. That's that's I think that's the first were, and foremost. If I found situation. myself into that pickle... You gotta call someone. I, I, I definitely wouldn't call the cops. I'd be like... Who do you call? You need to pay as Those much money as possible to get like a helicopter or, or some shit. I'm thinking. Figure it out. Just get to where I am. Find my iPhone's a real thing, and it's gonna show up that I'm in the middle of God knows where. Angelo, scientist Angelo, how many minutes do you think they have in this container? More than you it's think, but not, not a ton. They don't have. They don't have hours. They probably have like an hour and a half. Oh man. So you well, no. If the door if the door locks too, if the door locked behind them, it's pretty much it's just, locked. It was it was even it's not even locked. if the heat doesn't get them, it's gonna get to the point where they're gonna starve because no one's gonna come open that thing. It's, no one knows well, how long is the transit time. I don't know, but that's, I, that's a pretty important question. I don't know, but who would I don't know? If I'm in there, I'm calling everybody. Well, they're in smuggling my drugs. Contacts. Yeah, so. Obviously, if you're, I'd waste time. I, I I wouldn't waste time and call everyone in my contacts. Like I don't think my okay, high school you got, baseball like coach from four years ago, who's probably shout in out Tyler Slater. T- shout out Tyler Slater. Hope you're listening. Gotta get you he probably on the pod. is. We have to actually. He's, get he'd him be the on number here. one guest on the podcast. To fully understand us, you need to be introduced to Tyler Slater. He's so, just so you guys would call the goat. I'm thinking the mom, dad, maybe sister. Not call my parents. Dude, you're stuck in a crate in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, oh, I don't think I'd call my parents. You're going to jail for. <laughs> they're like a long the, they're time. like the tenth pair of people I'd call. <laughs> to, to come, to, well, I guess it's like the cops. I <laughs> found the story. They were. I don't. They think were stuck. I'll tell you what happened. They were stuck in a the port of Antwerp. 
So they were already they're already delivered. So they're just sitting in the entire shipping container. Oh, and they could have been thing. like the 90th container yeah. people got to. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So they're stuck there. So tell us what happened. So I bang on the doors until I pass so, the phone. Well, they out. they called the police and then obviously were arrested. But they, they stripped... A classic who done did it. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting there naked <laughs> they, yeah, they in a container filled with naked dope. Because they were dying of heat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was just. Happened to an uncle. That's the Stunad yeah. story yeah. that I. Stunad, Stunad, Stunad. What are we talking about next here? Oh. Today we're going to start talking about fantasy football. Some people have already Ooh, had their drafts going. Teams have reported a camp. It's the most wonderful time of the That's pretty good. We should uh, we'll well, dive into the musical career aspect of things later. But <laughs> so continue. the three of us, we all take fantasy football pretty seriously. Me and Aquino more so. Pip is pretty bad at it. He's awful. And like, if you want, if you want the prime fantasy knowledge if you want to know what to do in your upcoming draft do not listen, listen to, to two out of three of us so you're going to want to listen to angelo yeah, and he's going to get a bunch of shit i will admit for, for the, throughout the entire podcast because i mean when you've come in and spoken as much shit as pip has and have never made the playoffs i mean you can't imagine you're not going to get Guys, shit for it, i will so. admit that my fantasy football career is off to a very very slow start so, it based off of my track, <laughs> yeah, based mean, off of my track record, if you want to win your league, you do exactly the opposite of every single thing I say. However, I'm changing it around. This year is different. This year's going to be different. I'm I think he, did he not say that last year, Angelo? <laughs> Yo, last year, Pip guaranteed he would win, and now he has to piss his pants because he came in last place. At least I have the cojones. I, I guaranteed something this year as well. Um, I, started, I, I, I guaranteed that I'd make the playoffs in my fantasy football league. And I'm sticking by it. That might be something where if I don't make the playoffs, it, it, you might find it on our Instagram page. I don't know. I think Pip is a little bit too chicken to do it this year, but uh, we'll, we'll try and get your support to make it happen. No. But um, I, you don't even have to worry about seeing me piss my pants on on t- on Instagram because it's not going to happen. I'm going to make the playoffs. I don't know about that. Um, uh, I made what, it. What, what would you? What would? make you say that I don't have well, a Well, I've realized that I've been struggling as a fantasy football owner, so I brought on another owner, um, a, co- a co-owner, Anthony Jadinoff, who hopefully will be on the show. You're basically the Wilpons, bringing in outside help. I'm admitting be. that I've, I've had struggles. I need him to teach me the ways, and we're going to form a dynasty here well, in the next Has he years. had recent success? I don't know, but I know he's a smart guy. <laughs> and two smart guys is better than one guy. You sound like a bad sports team owner so, right now. You sound like the Dolans. <laughs> so continuing on, we're gonna start. We're gonna give us some people that we think are maybe a first round bust, some late round sleepers, and we're gonna talk about some new faces and some new places. Yeah, so let's, does, start, let's kick off. Let's. You want to kick off starting new new faces, new places? Yeah. So yeah. the most prolific, probably one of the biggest stories in the NFL last year was the Antonio Brown Steelers. I don't even know. Like, shit show was a good word for it. But Antonio Brown traded to the Raiders, so what do you guys think about Antonio Brown yeah, so, for this year? So let's go through, let's give each um, each move a grade in terms of fantasy football, what's going to happen at their new team. So A will be like a major upgrade from last year, B would be a solid upgrade, C is the same situation, so basically just like a lateral move, uh, D would be a solid downgrade, and F would be a major downgrade. So Antonio Brown, also, I'll kick it off with Antonio Brown. I think Brown is going to be fed the ball a lot. Like I think his volume is gonna go up. He if Gruden yeah, I agree if Gruden with that. does yeah. not I mean Gruden's gonna feed him until the cows come home. He is going to feed him the ball. The question is can Carr get him the ball? 
that, I, that, I mean, I don't really think that Derek Carr deserves all the shit that he's been getting. I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, he had one good year and they paid him all this money. Well, first off, you're not going to not accept all that money that they offered him. And second of all, that season where they made the playoffs, then he got hurt right before the playoffs. That was the last time that his teams had a good offensive line. What, so, do, you I mean, give, what do you give the Antonio Brown move? In, in fantasy for from a fantasy perspective, whereas his situation from last year to this year, yeah, yeah, it's like a D. You think it's a D? You think it's going? You think it's a solid downgrade? A major downgrade. It's a downgrade. Yeah, he's going from a top fifteen quarterback in NFL history to uh, a quarterback that the jury is still only, out on. He is the besides Tyrell. He's the only. Guy yeah, but Antonio Brown led the league and like was a top five guy in targets every single year. He's yeah, gonna do the same shit this Bell, year. You had Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, and now they you don't, don't see his targets going way up. It's gonna be easier. It's going to be easier for teams to, to hone on him because they don't have to worry about... I mean, Josh uh, Josh Jacobs, a running back, he's a, he's a rookie. He was great at Alabama. We don't know how he's going to be. Tyrell Williams is a solid wide receiver, too. Uh, like, second wide receiver Jared on the team. They lost Jared Cook. And I, I don't know. I'm I not saying he's... going to be the Antonio Brown show. He's going to be a stud like he's been forever, but he, his situation has undoubtedly got worse. Right, if anything, oh, I think it's a strong... I think he's going to have a... I don't think he's have a good year, but he's it's not really. A, he's been a top three wide receiver every single year. So if he's not a top three wide receiver, then it's a downgrade. That's true. And that's I think I think it's very possible his his actual targets and, and volume goes up. I just think the only thing that's a really a major downgrade for him is there's no way he's catching as many touchdown passes as he did last year. Would, would he catch 15 balls in the end zone, something like that? Yes. Yeah, and he caught 15. I just can't imagine that that's going to even be close to what it was. I mean, maybe he catches 10 this year, but there's still there's no way the Raiders are. As serious as everyone thinks they might be, I think it's a B. I think it's a downgrade. Um, no, that's an upgrade. How is being C is C is neutral. D is downgrade. Oh well, then it's. I mean, then it is a D. There's no are way you, it's an upgrade. Are you this do not of the day? How am I this do not of the day? You just got that wrong. But A would be like going up, and then B is like pretty much staying the same, right? No, ah, it doesn't C, matter. Okay. C is the same. C is the same. B is solid. I wasn't paying attention. Right. Either, way. Well, Either way, it's a slight downgrade for me just because though. of the touchdowns. That's really I can't so imagine anything you think else. Touchdowns are going down. Yeah, well, and you that's scored 15 it. touchdowns. It's tough to repeat. Exactly. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, Odell, Odell went from the Giants, my beloved Giants, our beloved Giants, besides Angelo, to the Cleveland Browns. What do you guys see as far as a fantasy change, if anything? Well. What do you grade it? I think this is definitely. I'd say it's probably an A or a B, maybe a B plus. Uh, Eli Manning has been a below average quarterback, and not a hundred percent his fault, but he's definitely slowed down a lot. The offensive line has been great, and I think the situation in Cleveland is a lot better than the situation in New York was for in terms Odell. of fantasy. In terms of fantasy, yeah, I think he's the clear number one option, and they have. A lot of talent surrounding him. It's going to open up it, uh, open up the field more for him. He's still going to see doubles as a man that talented. He's going to get double teamed as often. But he got a great running game with Nick Chubb. You got a solid offensive line, and Jarvis Landry's a good second fiddle. And then David Njoku is a continuously rising tight end. So you're going like B plus. Yeah, B plus. I don't know. I don't think his value goes up one iota. If anything, in terms of fantasy, I think his value goes down because. There are just way too many mouths to feed in, in Cleveland, in my opinion. Baker Mayfield is obviously an upgrade, hurts for me to say, from Eli Manning. Okay, but, but who's, the, mo- but who's the most talented mouth to feed, though? Yeah. OBJ is definitely the, the most okay, talented so, And then you, you, exactly. get, you get a guy's volume like coming from Baker who's going to air it out. The whole Giants offense 
besides last year's Saquon was based on Odell. Literally, the whole offense was thrown. Yeah, but it's a different offense considering that Eli checked down so much and his and his deep ball percentage was so low. It was it was among the league worst. And you know, I'm I'm an Eli fan. I'm I'm a Giants fan. I I do think it's past Eli's time. But um, there's no way going a Baker Mayfield offense will be worse for his fantasy value. Yeah, I can't. I think it's not absurd. Baker. It's not Baker Mayfield. I just well, think there's too many options. You have Najoku, you have Chubb, you have Hunt when he comes back, you have Landry, and then you have well, Odell. The Steelers. That's too many. Guys. The Steelers constantly have supported three relevant fantasy flex players every year for the last. How long has AB been good? Like five, six years. Six or six yeah. or seven, if anything. They yeah. last year they had three top seven. Uh, players at their positions. They had A B, Juju, and James Conner. And James Conner. Who I'm giving I'm getting I'm giving it a C minus. I think it goes I think his That's just the giant down. homer in you. I I try to stay the unbiased Giants fan of the group. Um I can't imagine Odell's value is going to go down. I think if he plays 16 games this year, he'll probably be a top five wide receiver. Absolutely, exactly. He's got the he's got the talent. There's very few wide Nobody's receivers that have the talent to be number one in fantasy football and who have a good situation. He has the talent. Nobody's I, questioning. I'm not talent. touching him. With the, I'm not borrowing your 10 foot pole to touch him in fantasy because I wouldn't either. I don't like it's this. Not worth the risk. At it's the soft second round. The soft <laughs> tissue injuries he's had in the last years, his hamstrings and his quads and all that stuff. I don't like that. There goes Angelo with the uh, scientist. Well, now he's an athletic trainer. That's why. He, that's why. That's why me and Aquino have been successful in fantasy because <laughs> we take into account people who are injury injury prone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll continue so, on. Right, so, so you're gonna you're gonna start not oh. not giving a shit about. His his injury proneness, and then you picked Jordy Nelson last year as a wide think, receiver too. I honestly, yeah. no, who had, I, I, had nothing but ACL injuries no. and didn't even stay on the field. Injuries when he was should healthy, not injuries so. should not be a concern with Odell Beckham Jr. He simply did not want to be on the field with the Giants, in my opinion. Uh, After a certain, would you want to be on the field with the, that team mm-hmm. if you're trying to save your body? There's no way. There's no possible way if you're not competing for anything. That guy wants to get back on the field and risk injuring himself even more. Oh, well, I don't know. Forget I mean. Him. Whatever, we'll move on. We'll move on. Moving on, the next guy, the Former probably Steeler. the the most important of the three because it's a running back is Le'Veon Bell. Who I'm going to start this. I think the Le'Veon Bell, uh, not including last year because he didn't play, but the fantasy situation he's in, I think this is an F. An F. An F. An F. That's, an that F. is a loud, loud grade. You're and talking crap about me with Odell. And no, you're just going I straight at the neck of former Steeler Le'Veon. I Bell. no, Le'Veon Bell is one of the. 10 best wide receivers, uh, 10 Angelo best running backs. Fan, by the way, one of the 10 best running backs in football, one of the five best running backs in football. I just think an Adam Gase offense is such a slow offense. And it, since Adam Gase had Peyton Manning the first year where he threw the, the uh, 55 touchdowns, uh, is that that year with Adam Gase? I believe so. Whatever. His first year with Peyton Manning, they were very good, very good offense. Then since then, since Peyton Manning is no longer his quarterback, he runs such a slow offense to a crawl. I am fading any Jets player. Because the offense that Adam Gase runs. Yeah, it's not just the offense. The O line was ranked in the bottom ha- bottom tier last year, so their their O line is not the best. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Adam Gase got the GM fired because they paid too much money to Le'Veon Bell. Do you think he's really gonna? I think boost he's got. Le'Veon? I know See, he's. That's, he, th- that's know the interesting setup about Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell is he's pretty much been as adamant as you could possibly be about not wanting him. Adam Gase is of the belief that you take three undrafted running backs and you work them to death, and you'll get just as much pr- production as a guy like Le'Veon Bell. But I mean, I don't think you have a choice if you if you're 
sitting Le'Veon Bell for some big snaps, and then you're not, not winning games, him. you're going to get fired. They're not going to the guy. Him, but I, I think that. Well, then at least I think use is going to try to. I think he's going to be ha- having guys breathe down his neck, saying we're losing games, and if they are losing games, and Le'Veon Bell's not getting the ball as much as he should be, then that's going to be an issue. I, I don't know. I think I don't think I, they're not going to sit Le'Veon Bell, but I think that they're going to put it on Sam Darnold more than they did last year, and the. The uh, throwing attempts were not there last year as much as, I mean, Le'Veon Bell thrived in Pittsburgh because of the rece- I mean, how many receptions did he get a game? He's basically a wide uh, receiver. It was. It was. I don't think. Four plus, I don't think the Jets are going to be throwing the ball as much as. But when Sa- when Sam Darnold was asked about how big it is getting a guy like Le'Veon Bell, the first thing he said is it's unbelievable having his talent level in your backfield because he felt like he was always in Ben's vision. So that's a big hint that he's going to be getting a lot, a lot of passes out of the backfield. And that's where I really think it kind of cancels out. I know he got a bunch of receptions for the Steelers, but I even see receptions going up this year because you got a young quarterback. You don't have a phenomenal line. When Le'Veon's always kind of in his sight, that's really going to equal a lot of receptions this year. And I think the running's going to go down. I can't imagine it goes up from leaving the Steelers' offensive line. But I think his fantasy value will be there. He's going to have value, but again, we're talking about from the situation he went to to the new situation he's in, and you're playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback, going from playing a Hall of Fame quarterback with a Hall of Fame wide receiver with an up-and-coming stud wide receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster, and now you're going to a second-year quarterback who down the stretch was great, but we don't know what we got with Sam Donald yet, and he's really their only good, like, he's not their only good weapon on offense, but he's, he is the weapon. He's the guy. Yeah, he's the only guy that is someone's be like, Oh shoot! The we have Patriots to plan. are just. Sh- I mean, you know what the Patriots do? They always take away the number one player. Yeah, on the- they are shutting Le'Veon Bell down. Hundred percent. You take him out of the game, it's going to be tough. But yeah. So let, let's go down down next to the uh, lower tier players that moved to a new team. We'll start off with Mark Ingram, who went from the Saints to the Baltimore Orioles. Ryan, what do you think about this in terms of? Fantasy? I think this is a huge fantasy acquisition. Great. I think. Great it. I think it's an A. For him, you're leaving you're leaving a team that was built around obviously they have Drew Brees, but they're real different than other teams thing about them was that they had two Pro Bowl running backs in their backfield. They had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And now that he's going solo and he's going into a run heavy team as is, everyone was talking about how good of a run team the Ravens were because of Lamar Jackson, because of the way they used Alex Collins last year. Um I, I can't See much of a better transition than Mark Ingram going to the Ravens. I think his yeah. fantasy value. Would be I, I'm huge. giving this. I'm giving this move an A in terms of fantasy because, the, I mean, his work his workload is going to increase. All the Ravens do is run, 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 and then run some more. They don't like. I mean, I don't see why they don't have Lamar Jackson throw the ball down the field, but because he can't. He. I think he, he can. really can't. Oh, okay. no, he's not a good quarterback. He's not. I don't. Fundamentally, I he's, he's not. A good quarterback. I haven't seen a minute of film yeah. that has so, convinced me he knows how to throw the football at a, at a, at a professional so, level. Okay, they're gonna run, run, run. Exactly. Run, I still run, agree run, with run. you. No, it's I a just good think Lamar Jackson is not simply, a thrower. He's he's an A. It's an A. It's yeah, a I agree major upgrade from from New Orleans. What do you think, Angelo? Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of mouse to feed in that offense, but I definitely think it's. I wouldn't go lower than a B. In my opinion, I just don't know how much. What mouse to feed they got? Uh, they got Dixon. That um, Gus Edwards is good down the stretch. I don't know how much they're going to incorporate them, but if Markingham does what he can do, and Markingham given the carries he can get, it's going to be a great fantasy option. You just worry about what you saw last year in the Ravens Chargers playoff game, where they took away the run, and all of a sudden that offense was Nothing. unable to do anything. Yeah. So, 
I think there are a few teams that are able to do that, though, like the Chargers will. That, I mean, that was a playoff game, and, and I think we really take playoff games with a grain of salt going into a fantasy season because oh, more often than not, they're going to be able to do what got them there. Yeah. So I think, I, I especially think another thing that no, most people aren't talking about when they're talking about Ingram is that he can catch the ball, too. And yeah. when you have a guy who can't really throw the ball that we just talked about in Lamar Jackson, a, a dump-off option's a great idea. I agree. What about another big name is Jordan Howard, who went from the Bears to the... a big name. Well, he's a big he's, name. He'll, he'll be the starting running back for the back. Eagles. Solid. I think to he's... To the Eagles. He's with the Eagles. Yeah, what do you grade? What do you grade? What do you get? I, for him, fantasy-wise, I think it will be... I really only see him as a potential touchdown threat. I, I, I can't see him being much different than what Jay was for the Eagles last year. Um, before he got hurt, and I don't think that's a giant acquisition. I think it's a C. It's not really doing much. I would, I would agree. If anything, it might be lower than a C because he might not get as much touches. Yeah, I think I think it's a lateral move. I think it actually might be lower than a C too, like Angelo said, because uh, Doug Peterson's known for having a running back by committee, and uh, I just don't think he's going to get as many touches. I think he's going to get the goal line touches, but that's, I, I think, about that's his really only That's really where guy. Jai came in, and that was about it. I and the, I mean, I think, was it Josh Adams who came in last year for the Eagles? That was, was solid, yeah. very yeah, solid. Was really good, yeah. And I really wonder, that's going to be an interesting thing to look at. I wonder if Josh Adams is someone, he's actually in my deep sleeper list this year. I think if people, I, I've from the eye test, I really don't think Josh Howard is much of anything. So I, I, I think if... The Eagles find that out soon. There's a possibility that Adams becomes the guy officially. So there, there could be a ton for there. There's another name here. Uh, we got Tevin Coleman going from the Falcons to the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. I actually think this is super interesting because Shanahan last coached uh, Coleman back in 2016, and that year Coleman had a breakout year. I think he had seven or so touchdowns um, close to the goal line. So, I mean, this guy can score the rock. The only problem is, is that with the 49ers, you have other options. You, you get have three running backs. Yeah, you have three solid running backs. McKinnon's back, McKinnon, and that's and Breda. they gave him a huge contract, and he hasn't played it down yet for him. This yeah. is this is a very another very interesting, set, interesting. setup coming. It could in. be one of those things where just one guy gets hot, and then they just roll with him, or they just do a running back by committee. That's what happened with Breda last year, and then you bring a guy in like Tevin Coleman, and you wonder if people in the film room really saw what we saw. Because from from. From the TV side of things, we thought Breda had a good year. I think year. he averaged like four. I think it was like four, oh, close to four yards per carry. Yeah, and then when um when you bring in a free agent running back that's that's actually had a good career so far, is still young. You wonder what they're planning on doing yeah, with him. So and the thing I is too we'll is that to Coleman see. Coleman's value has been with sharing the has, rock with Devontae yeah. Freeman. Yeah. So yeah, but you don't you don't sign someone to a deal, especially a running back. We normally plan on using them, but. Last year they signed McKinnon. McKinnon's already having issues with his knee again this off this um, training camp. So we'll see. Do you have any anybody else on that list that, to a new team that you would want to talk about? Latavius Murray, Jared Cook, Randall Cobb. I think Latavius Murray is one of the most valuable backups in the yeah. NFL. He was awesome last year. I don't see. For the Vikings. I, I want to talk about Latavius Murray because everybody's obviously Alvin Kamara is one of the best players, if not the best player in fantasy football. But I think Latavius Murray, I don't see why he can't step into the role that Mark Ingram had. I and don't Mark think, Ingram was a top running yeah, back I don't he think played. I don't think they're going to want to put too much of the burden, more of the burden on Kamara's shoulders. I, I mean, I don't see why you would he's do that. He's very young, I agree. He's I don't young, think they want to give him too many He's young, touches, he's been yeah. so productive. Why risk getting him hurt or even ruining his what, he's, what he already has going? I agree with you. I definitely think there was a reason they brought Murray in, and I think he could be 
as valuable as Mark Ingram was yeah. last year. So, Angelo, what's the next topic? You want to talk about uh, some first-round busts, possibly? Yeah, so every single year, there's at least one first-round pick that, that falls usually, off. Usually, I pick it. <laughs> and oh, wait, wait, it's, wait, wait, wait. First year I joined the league, what, do you remember the pick? Was it Eddie Lacy? No. Nope, first pick? Nope. Jamal Charles? Cleveland Browns. Oh. Cleveland Browns. Oh, was it no, Peyton that wasn't Hills? No, no, that wasn't Peyton Hills. Hills. Yes, that was, was back when we didn't do the league for yeah. money. And... Uh, Pip picked Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis in his post Madden cover year, which was a train wreck. <laughs> I mean, I swear, everybody, I'm t- I'll, go, I'll let you guys know who I pick. I prompt, do, do, do not pick. Just don't pick. It's a curse. It's like the Madden curse, but for it's Thomas' first curse. round pick. And then he took Jamal Charles and he tore his ACL in the first couple <laughs> games. His, completely tore his Then who'd you take? They actually had good picks last year, though. Melvin you had Gordon. Melvin Gordon. And McCaffrey. And but then McCaffrey. he traded McCaffrey. He uh, traded both of them. Yeah. yeah. I was probably bored in class one day, and I just felt like trading, so I traded McCaffrey. <laughs> so, again, reasons not to listen yeah. to Thomas about fantasy football. He's probably going to get bored, and he's going to give you some suggestion, and it's going to lose you to the league. <laughs> so, who do you, who is the guy in the first, even picked in the first round that you guys have that might be a bust? All right, take it away first. I think that's Melvin Gordon. I Melvin do. Gordon. I think there's so much. Because of the, because of the holdout? I think I, I haven't. There's definitely no good vibes that are coming from Melvin Gordon's side of things this year. I'm honestly not sure that the Chargers are going to pay him what he wants. It's definitely higher than what the current market has him valued as. And the guy's got twigs for legs. I mean, he's a professional running back who gets hurt pretty much every year from the lower half. There's nothing that's telling me he's going to play 16 games this year. And then you add the lockout to this, and I see someone picking him at Anywhere from six to eight, and having a bust on their hands, could be waiting even, for it to happen. I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't be shocked if if this holdout ends before the season starts. I wouldn't be shocked if he keeps back in the top five. He could definitely. I, I don't see why the Chargers. We talked about this on one of the earlier episodes, but I think Melvin Gordon has has the leverage in this situation. No, because not at all. They are. I. It's a running back. I know he's a running back, but they're they're a Super Bowl contender. You gotta pay this guy. They're Super Bowl contender because of Philip Rivers, not because of Melvin Gordon. He definitely yeah. doesn't hurt him. It but, doesn't hurt it. But you it, cannot mess with, what, it's a with shame. what's going on. It's an issue that is going to keep going on to the next CBA. But running backs are yeah, such like a true. expendable position where <laughs> they're in, they're currently being paid like nineteen eighties worth yeah. salary for their respective you know, it's positions. The most brutal it's ridiculous. Position. It's the last exactly. position that's super. I mean. Every every position in football is pretty much yeah. but, but they, running back is the they last. They die out and they're, when they're thirty. Yeah. They're done. So Pip, who's your first round bust this year? I think Todd Gurley is a complete bust this year. His knee, the poor bastard, cannot <laughs> stay healthy. The guy's got arthritis in his knee. He tore the ACL coming out of college. He couldn't even get on the field in the playoffs last year. What what do you think? Why do you think he's going to be back on the field this year? I well, I mean, he's they've had a full year to deal with uh, with. The arthritis, and they're they have the NFL is the best doctors, the best physical therapists in the world. I disagree with the the girly pick because even if he gets the ball three fourths of the time he did last year, he's still an elite elite fantasy running back. He's not gonna be number one, but he's still an elite guy. I don't know. I I've been reading a bunch of stuff, and Maurice Jones Drew, who does the radio for the Rams, has been saying that it was a problem for him all last year. It's never gonna uh, go away. And and uh, what do you call it? Um, Todd Gurley actually came out I think yesterday and said to reporters because they're hounding him about his knee he said quote I quote y'all have got to stop putting this bad energy in my knee man Mm. just let it be 
That sounds like so someone feel- who's not 100% confident in Exactly. Right he wouldn't even entertain that question, in my opinion. I, I think he's a bust this year. If he plays 16 games, the top. That's three. the biggest if, though. That's yeah. the same no, reason. Not, that's the same playing, reason I put Melvin Gordon games. in the bust category. Yeah. Um, really, a lot of these dudes. There, it's extremely rare for us to have first round busts where they do play 13 plus games and they're still ineffective. It's always the guys who get hurt, and and you can't put Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon not in Absolutely. the category of the guys who might be there. Angel, oh. who's your first round bust? Mine is not as much of a bust. I just think his. Where he's being drafted is going to be an issue. So I think Saquon Barkley of the top, the top. I think the first round is very safe as far as the picks going on with the wide receivers and running backs there. But my issue with Saquon is that Giants team is going to be bad. Their <laughs> offense is not going to be good. Eli Manning has no one to throw to. They were bad last year. They were no, really awful bad. Last year. They were not year. awful last year. They were oh awful. No, they were so not. How do you think they're going to be? They worse? were. They were a league average t- scoring team. I think they were 16th. So they were once they were the the literal average. Yes. I think this year they could be looking at like a 26th what worst offense. Exactly. What they, they lost their number one wide receiver. He didn't play oh, past the fifth year. game. I, I get that. I understand that. Let me finish. And now, was giving the Italian so, Paisan, relax hands over here. There's already some issues with Golden Tate suspension four games. I don't know if it's going to hold up. Still think Shepard's already hurt. Evan Ingram. He's going to be back for game one. Okay, but if he isn't, then Evan all of a sudden... Ingram. What about Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram is... I'm saying Evan Ingram's their, their only guy right now that I have confidence in that's going to be able to catch the ball, and he drops the ball all the time. Well, maybe we'll get another victory. If Cruz. there's one thing that I'm not really worried about with Eli, it's making something out of, out of his I receivers. I th- look, look at the last Super Bowl he got. I mean, his first Super Bowl... The last Bowl, Super Bowl was what? Five years it ago? Was, six it years was, ago? No, the last Super Bowl was... <laughs> it was eight years ago. Seven, eight years, seven ago. years, eight years ago. ago. Okay, but it's a the, different league. The whole narrative with Eli is definitely not he needs a, a top line. wide receiver to be good. He and needs a line. That's line. it. And if there's history with, that shows with Eli, it's that he makes something out of out of receivers that don't do well elsewhere. Look at Mario Manningham. A Hakeem young Nix was, Manning, a, was yeah. a joke. That's. I mean, he was still in his thirties. What are you talking about? Okay, but uh, he is. I know you guys are. Giants guys and Eli guys, but you can't say Eli Manning is anywhere near his prime anymore. Nobody's saying he's that. on the massive That's downturn. Not what I'm what I just worry that Eli Manning is not going to be able to be effective enough, and then teams are going to start to hone in on Saquon Barkley. I know he was good last year against a stacked box. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I bet you Saquon Barkley finishes the top seven running back. But if you draft him first overall, you're expecting the first overall running back at the end of the year. You're expecting him in the top three. You know who ended the whole stack the box? Narrative for me, your boy Zeke Elliott last Zeke, year. Yeah, they z- stacked the box every and single he had some game inefficient games. Uh, some inefficient games, but he's still a guy you would consider taking top three this year. And I think if you take a guy first overall, he better be top three. And I can't imagine a world in which Saquon finishes outside the top three if he plays fifteen plus games. I can't imagine it. I can. That's my. That's why I think he's going to be a bust. I just. So I don't who think do you he's have in front. So in that scenario, who do you have in front of him? So let's say everyone all plays these, all sixteen games. Yes, I think. Saquon has a realistic chance to finish fifth to seventh. So let's hear the four guys. Everyone plays. So I go Kamara. Okay. I go McCaffrey, who finished ahead of him last year on a point-to-points basis until McCaffrey set out the last game. Um, I got Zeke. If Zeke plays all 16 games, he's in a he's, – Pip, Pip disagrees. Let's hear it. Well, first of all, we don't even – I 
I'd put money on it that Zeke doesn't even play. That's not. That's not the. I'm saying Aquino and I. We were having everyone plays 16, 16 games. games for everyone. Melvin yeah, Gordon as well. Melvin Gordon can finish ahead of Saquon. I'm not. And there's also a chance that Saquon that I'm completely wrong and Saquon goes to a different level this year and he finishes at an unquestioned number one value in fantasy. But the whole point of a first round bust is a first round pick is supposed to be a sure thing. I just think of all the first round picks that I'm the most worried about, it's between him and David Johnson. I th- I have more worry of, I know I'm a Giant fan, but I have more worry about Alvin Kamara in terms of volume, fantasy value yeah. and volume. Like, Saquon Barkley is the guy, no matter what. Yes, I agree with you. I, I don't care. I, I agree with you 100%, pick- and I'm trying to be as unbiased as I possibly can be in a Giants fan. But when you have another body in there like Latavius Murray, how could you possibly say that it's equal when the next guy on the Giants that roster whole, is Paul Perkins? The whole offense is literally going it's to Saquon. run through Saquon. And a lot of things that ties into the scoring of a running back is the touchdown opportunities. It's the reason why Zeke early on in the year wasn't good. Was not wasn't good, but he wasn't as elite as he was because his team wasn't scoring a lot of points that was going to him. So the Giants struggle to score points. I just worry that Saquon is going to be is going to be the victim of just being on a worse offense. Like, you know the Saints are always going to score points. You know, the same thing with the Panthers. If Cam Newton's come back and is awful, and D.J. Moore doesn't make the, make the next step, then all then McCaffrey gets in that thing where the Panthers aren't scoring a lot. I get that, but there are a few running backs in the league that break off 50-plus yard runs like Saquon. I mean, <laughs> like, you don't even have to worry about the Giants being a red zone offense for him to score. He scores from the other side of the field more than any player in football. And I, and I know, I'm just saying... If that dries up, because long distance plays are volatile, like like home runs are in the in the major leagues. Like ERA is a volatile stat. Long touchdowns are vary from year to year. Like it's oh, just it's true. It's, it's true. It's a long touchdown is skill. I'm not Saquon Barkley is one of the three most talented running backs in the NFL. I just worry that the Giants are going to be so bad because Eli Manning's in the downswing. So what it, if Eli falls off a cliff? Are you going to trust Daniel Jones? I Daniel think Jones? I think Daniel Jones at that point. I'm not saying he's Sam Darnold. I'm not saying he's the same guy, but it'd be the same conversation as let's check down to our running back and give our running back as much volume as as possible because he's not that ready yet. I don't. I and listen, like I said, I don't think I. I think he's going to be a stud. I just of the first round guys, I think he has the best chance to fall out of the top. Let's talk. Six. Let's talk about this. Okay. Let's talk about this. The fantasy. Say our fantasy draft is tomorrow, and Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott's holding out. Melvin Gordon's still holding out, out, and Michael Thomas are still holding out. I think Michael he, Thomas is close to a deal. There's no way he what? won't. Julio Jones? Julio Jones is out of camp. He's playing. He's playing. All right. um, Michael Thomas is about to sign his deal. I'm is not he worried about, about to, Okay, him. so yeah. say Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. It's the draft tomorrow. Are you touching them in the first round? Uh, I'd let someone else fall on that sword. It depends uh, on what value. Not, I'm not, not me. Yeah, not I'm me. not drafting them in the top four. So if you're in the bottom... We just saw what happened. Fool me once. I mean, it didn't happen to me, but fool us once. Like Ezekiel is the kind of guy that will not not come back. Why do you say that? Because I just feel like he's he's that kind of guy. Ezekiel gets much more valuable to his team than Melvin Gordon is, so I think the Cowboys are going to realize. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if if they're going to get into a true fight, which it seems like they are, I'm saying he's the kind of guy that won't budge. Well, you know, it's very interesting. Is you what think Jerry, he's Jerry Jones? Did you hear Jerry Jones what he said recently? He said he don't he said, yeah, he said we don't need a running cha- a running champion to. Well, when meanwhile, like the, the last three Super Bowls, the last three Super Bowls, the guy won. They had a running back, a running champion, a guy that led the league in yards each each of the three times. Well, and Emmitt Smith, I believe. If Zeke isn't there, and then they finish and they start the season 0-1 against the Giants, it's classic Cowboys. The, just the gonna, tones in a change. They're just gonna implode on themselves. So, oh, so you you would touch 
You think Ezekiel Elliott's gonna budge in the holdout? There's no. I way. think Zeke is more likely to show up than Melvin Gordon. That's that's but that's because, my thing. But because the Cowboys are gonna pay him, or because Zeke is gonna say, "Okay, I need to play." I think a mixture of both because Dak Prescott is nowhere near the quarterback Phil Rivers is, and without Zeke, Dak Prescott's whole, whole um, Dak Prescott's like lack of a talent at at quarterback is gonna show more than it would. Couldn't agree more. With with. With with Melvin but Gordon, why, but that Zeke Elliott doesn't care about that. All he wants is money. I know, but I think there's a part of these guys that understand that. So that'll push that'll push the Cowboys. The to Cowboys, pay. yeah, that's why I think the Cowboys are going to budge. I don't, yeah, I don't see why yeah. they would, they're not going to pay the guy. So continuing on, we're going to start to talk about. We're going to begin to talk about some guys in the late rounds that are sleepers that we might like. Uh, Quinn, you want to start off? Uh, we're going to go with five each. No, we're just going to go with just no, any. It doesn't matter. Each. It doesn't need five. Just just. Someone you, you like that is late right now that you think is an opportunity to be successful. I've got eight guys on my list right now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run through all of them. Go do it. I classic, got Chris. Queen. Why? Just talking a lot. Go. Okay. Well, now I'm gonna keep it to a minimum. I got Chris Godwin from the Buccaneers. Um, I think that was he after, on the Was he on the Four Niners? He was on the Buccaneers on the last year. Was, um, after it? losing. I'm a good one. Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin, yeah. You're thinking, yeah, Marquise yeah, yeah, Goodwin yeah. from the 49ers. I think Chris Godwin with the Bucks is a good candidate to be a, pop- a pop-off kind of a guy considering that Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson left. He could be a very good option for um, for Jameis Winston if he even ends up being the starting quarterback. I mean, who knows with this team, but either way, they're going to throw the ball a lot, I guarantee, because they don't have much in the running back spot, and I think Godwin could pop off. Um, then I'll just keep it to three. Um my next guy that I have um, is D.D. Westbrook. I mean, when you've got a guy with his talent level, you saw that catch he made against the Patriots last year, that one-hand sideline catch, and the fact that they had pretty much no quarterback in Blake Bortles or Cody Kessler all season, and then they get a guy like Foles in there. I think he could pop off. And then I know it's boring because it's three wide receivers as sleepers, but my number one sleeper this year, I think he's going to pop off is Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, the Arizona Cardinal. I mean, you got an old Larry Fitzgerald, and then you have Kyler Murray coming in, and I can't see Kyler Murray developing the strongest relationship with a guy who it might be his last year with. You know, when you have a guy that's as young as Christian Kirk, they could start a very long duo together, and I think that that creates a very nice relationship for fantasy owners. Uh, I mean, I agree with you on all those. Christian Kirk, I was I was big on Christian Kirk last year. Just Josh Rosen was awful. So, uh, a guy I like in the later rounds. Was he really awful though? The line he was awful. stunk. He was awful, but like it wasn't the his line fault. Was hard. It really wasn't his fault. A guy I like in the later rounds. We got Vance McDonald, who I know Aquino agrees with me on this one. Vance Definitely, McDonald. Yeah. They vacate the Steelers vacated over like 150 targets last year. With uh, AB leaving, and it's got to go somewhere. Now it could also Vance Down could also fall flat in his face, and the targets go to people like James Washington or Dante Moncrief, who's new in Pittsburgh. So I just think Vance Down has the best opportunity of the people beside behind Juju Smith-Schuster to take that leap and have like the eighth year breakout. And you also have uh, Jesse James going to the uh, the Lions, so yeah, that's another, it frees gone. up tight ends uh, targets for him too. And then another guy got uh, Dante Pettis, yes, on the Niners. Niners yeah. The Niners they kind of lack a 
a number one, a prototypical number one wide receiver. They drafted Debo Samuels, who he you never know what you're going to get with a, a rookie. But Dante Pettis down the stretch kind of came on to being coming a successful wide receiver, and I think he has an opportunity now with Jimmy Garoppolo to ascend to fantasy football, not superstardom, but definitely a guy you're starting weekly. Yep. So, well, first of all, let's, let me start with saying my number one sleeper I'm not going to reveal because, look, guys, you guys you guys heard it. I struggle in fantasy football. I can't be giving away my number one keeping sleeper. Keeping the, the cards close to the chest. I'm keeping the cards close to the chest. But my first sleeper, I was very harsh on this guy coming out of college. I thought he was so overrated. Jameis Winston from Florida State. I mean, I just thought he was one of the most overrated players to ever come out of the draft, in my opinion. The guy has been through some struggles. I'm back on the bandwagon. He's got Bruce Arians coming. He's the quarterback. I think you're creating whisper. the bandwagon because there's no I'm one on the Jameis on, Winston bandwagon. I, Pip right is now. hopping on the bandwagon. Hop on with uh, Bruce Arians is the quarterback whisperer. I've James definitely Winston. heard some. I've definitely heard some Winston love on Twitter and Thank seeing you. some See? things. I'll Hop on the bandwagon. It's Jameis Winston's year. Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota. These are the two. Marcus Mariota sucks. No, no, I'm not saying. I'm Marcus not saying, Mariota sucks. I'm not saying Marcus Mariota is a sleeper. I'm just saying these these two guys. We'll go off topic here. These two guys were drafted the same year. They're both contract two. years. One and two. Who is going to come out on top? One of them. One of them is not coming out on top. I think it's Jameis, but I don't think it's going to be much saying that it's Jameis because I think they're both bad. You think they're both bad? I do. I think James Winston has an opportunity to have a good fantasy year because the offense Bruce Arians runs, but... I think no, Tannehill's better Everywhere than Bruce Arians has gone... I would agree. Everywhere Bruce... Or every quarterback that Bruce Arians has had is, has been good. Yes, that's... He's a quarterback. He, he revitalized Carson Palmer's career. Um, you know, there's definitely a potential there to learn a little bit from his, from his new head coach, but I still think the guy's going to toss up the football when he's falling down to the ground and toss interceptions like he always does. He tries to make too many home run plays and, and too many yeah, wow plays. I, I, think really Bruce is, I think Bruce Aaron's going to fix that. My second sleeper is on the Seattle Seahawks. Wide receiver, DK Metcalf. Oh, my God. Been, Dude is as agile as Tom Brady. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Guys, Baldwin's gone. Russell Wilson's top like three it. quarterbacks I in like the league. It. They're starving like for a wide receiver, for a number one solid wide receiver. And Russell saw, Wilson is going to get him the ball. I saw videos of them working out together, Come on. too. I, I, I like I've it. Been, I mean, I I'm like not it. an NFL insider, but I've been hearing that they have a little chemistry. they got a little chemistry going on. I want to – last thing, let's play, let's play who's Pip's number one sleeper. I want, I want a couple guesses right now. Daryl Henderson on the Rams no. is my guess. That's just a class. He doesn't like girly. It just makes sense. Brandon Jacobs. No. Brandon Jacobs. <laughs> Payne Hillis. Yeah. Um, all right. We got. You got to give us a give little us a, bit yeah, of, let's give of us a little warm or cold first. Yeah. What give position? Us, yeah. What position? Wide receiver. Wide receiver. AFC or NFC? AFC. I'm gonna go Corey Davis. Nope. Oh, it's a good guess. Go Last Kurt, guess. Last guess. Curtis Samuel on the Panthers. Nope. Let's hear it. I'm not telling you. Why would I tell you? Why would the all the, the help... point of the game? All... <laughs> That's the game. If you guessed it, I would have told you. If you guessed I it, I would have told you. I highly doubt that. Why would you just tell? We just we told us we just re- revealed our biggest sleepers. You might as well tell us guys, yours. Guys, you guys have won the league. I need all the help I can get. So maybe I'm you should bring a damn doll out to dinner at Applebee's. <laughs> a blow up. The doll. bottom line is that 
whatever sleeper Thomas is holding close to his chest, there's no way he's going to pop up. And if he does, he will not be on Thomas's roster by the end. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Allen Robinson, Alshon no, Jeffrey. No, no, Those are no. NFC you're guys. not going to get it. Oh, right, That's all yeah. I got to say. You're not going to get it. You guys are going to love when I pick him in the draft. I'm going to get. Actually, no, you're not going to love it. You guys are. I'm going to get a lot of shit for it. But you know what? It'll because you're bad. You, you what shown. happens when you lose fantasy football as many years? That's as you fine. Have. I admit it. I've sucked at fantasy football. Thomas Pipolo. I'm Thomas Pipolo, and I admit that I suck at fantasy football. So Time that's going to gonna change. Franchise around. Wait, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for episode number three of the locker room talk. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Peace.